0: And welcome to the VTC podcast, Voices of Recovery. The VTC, or Veterans Treatment Court, is a treatment-based alternative to the traditional justice system. In lieu of going to prison, where we know nothing truly changes for a veteran, the VTC aims to address the underlying issues that led veterans to interfacing with the justice system, including mental health, trauma, and addiction. Upon completion of our two-year program, a veterans' charges are dismissed. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We're excited. Today, we have with us Bob Wirt, who is the mentor coordinator of the Buncombe County Veterans Treatment Court. Bob, how you doing?
1: Hey, thanks for
0: having me, Kevin. I'm doing great. Awesome. So, you are an integral part of the Veterans Treatment Court. You are the mentor coordinator, and you also serve as a mentor to Three veterans? Well, one just graduated, so
1: officially two, but hey, I stay in touch with my uh, vet. All right,
0: and congratulations on that. That's awesome. (laughs) It is amazing. So uh, take us back, tell us a little bit about your service history.
1: Well, I'm a career naval officer, 28 years in the Navy. I flew. I flew fighters and uh, uh, was a test pilot for a lot of my adult life in the Navy, Uh, meaning that I did grow up eventually. Uh, (laughs) But uh, after that, spent 10 years working in industry, then moved and relocated down here to North Carolina, not far from where my mom was raised, uh, just across the Tennessee line, and came here looking for a way to support
0: veterans. So you arrived here after kind of this career, the... uh... Tom Cruise, I understand, probably played you. Is that right? Uh,
1: Tom Cruise played me in a movie, so I've heard.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you have your military career, and then you move here, and you said you wanted to find a way to give back.
1: That's correct. Uh, You know, it took me a little while, uh, like a lot of junior officers do, to really appreciate uh, the younger uh, men and women in the service and the job, very dangerous job on the flight deck that they have to do, and all the physical and mental trials and tribulations that they go through. It's
0: taxing on them. Yeah. So uh, all of these kind of forces are impacting the trajectory of veterans' lives, their future experiences, things that they have to deal with.
1: Correct. And, uh, you know, it's an impact not only on them personally, but the folks that they're around. And, And I saw that there was this... Uh, uh, collaboration, this tribe-like environment that they lived in when we were all on ships Mm -hmm. uh, together in that very close-in environment. And all of a sudden, if they get out of the service, they're probably going to be tested pretty hard on what they want to do and who they're going to interact with.
0: And they no longer have that tribe.
1: And they no longer have that tribe or really the support system that they had while they were in the military.
0: Exactly. So We've talked about this in other episodes. We had Judge Pope here. And that lost sense of purpose, lost tribe, the people that you connect with, feel safe with, when a veteran gets out of the service, they don't have that. They may also find themselves dealing with post-traumatic stress. They may have unaddressed addictions, any number of things that were exacerbated by their time in service. So these coupled with uh, homelessness, coupled with uh, job insecurity, can lead to criminal behavior. So how is it that you even came to be involved with the Veterans Treatment Court? You were in Northern Virginia, Maryland area, coming here to be back where your family was. How did you even find out about Veterans Court?
1: You know, I was uh, in a new uh, brewery. And was talking to a veteran that was behind the bar and mentioned to her that I was looking for a way to support veterans. She walked down to the end of the bar, brought somebody back who took my name and number down, didn't even introduce himself, walked away. And three days later, I got this call from you, as a matter of fact, (laughs) from Kevin Rumley, saying, hey, I hear you might be interested, and invited me to the court, and I walked in. Uh, looking for Kevin Rumley, and the first person I asked, hey, do you know this guy named Kevin Rumley? And it was Kevin Rumley that I was talking to. (laughs) And that's how we got introduced. And, uh, you know, I must say, Kevin Rumley sitting in front of me was not the Kevin Rumley that I thought I was talking to on the phone.
0: That's right. Actually, uh, for our listeners out there, this voice, this amazing voice, also comes with a Marine who has long hair past his shoulders, and a long beard. So I guess talking on the telephone, you may have had a different vision for a Marine, maybe a high and tight, uh, well kept beard. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, and I
1: figured you were just one of the vets there in the court when I walked up to you. Hey, do you know Kevin Runway?
0: <laughs> That's right. You just blend in. That's what I do. So we uh, we touch base, and I don't remember how I sold it to you, but... Walk the audience through now how you sell becoming a mentor. If you're a veteran out there and you're like, hey, you know, you're interested in giving back, how do you make the pitch? To one of the one? requirements I was given was
1: we try to match up the vets with a mentor of similar background, and I remember talking first to I think it was you. It was either you or Judge Pope and saying, hey, wait a second, you don't have retired O6s that were test pilots coming through here. And that's where I learned, no, 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 we try to get similar service backgrounds, Marines, Navy together, uh, Army, and Army together. Uh, we try to make that happen as we go along. But what was really of concern to me was I didn't know anything about the Veterans Treatment Court other than the fact that they were vets, high need, and uh, basically high risk. I didn't have an appreciation for what that really meant and how the accountabilities were all set up. So it took some time for me talking to Judge Pope, talking to you, Kevin, and talking to Alan Singer, a former lawyer, and said, okay, you were a mentor, you were a former lawyer, how did this work for you? Judge Pope, how does it work? And I got convinced, and it was uh, I remember telling Judge Pope, okay, I'm all in, I'm ready to go.
0: So you are all in. Now, not only did you start then as the mentor for these veterans, you then took on the role of a mentor coordinator, which is kind of facilitating um, communication between the Veterans Treatment Court and the mentors. Mentors come to you. You then can problem-solve with them. If there's bigger issues, they can bring them to me, bring them to the team. Um, So walk us through... Just break it down in simple terms. What's the purpose of a mentor? The mentor is part of the support system.
1: Uh, it's very easy to explain if you explain what we are not. We are not preachers. We are not financial advisors, medical advisors or lawyers. We're not uh, Ubers, We're not ATM machines. So it's really a dependency on our life, own life experiences to inform us as we go along and really to work with the mentor in supporting him. So, what it is, number one, bold face underline, active listener. We have to be there when, uh, when they have a need to talk and they count on us to recognize when support is needed. And a lot of times, you know, as I tell them, I'm not afraid to say, I don't know, but I'll find out, or I don't know, call your team they would be best to serve you on that issue that you're bringing up. So it's really about supporting them and getting them to feel comfortable around you that they can open up to you a little bit. Uh, As I told uh, my first mentor on day one at the picnic table, you know, uh, I have one ROE for you, rule of engagement. It is, I will not be judgmental. And if you wanna yell at me, you can yell at me. I'm gonna ask you if you're done and we'll move on.
0: I love that. So that's how you're connecting immediately with the veteran, which signals to them this kind of unconditional positive regard, non-judgmental approach. You listed a bunch of things that mentors are not. Something that I appreciate about the relationship: it's a confidential relationship. So a veteran can go to their mentor, can say, "Man, here's what's going on. Right, I've returned to meth use, or I'm doing this." Um, and you know, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I love that the mentor then can kind of bounce it back on them and say, Hey, walk me through what are, what are you going to do? And you mentioned putting it back. Have you talked to your team? I love all that. So yeah, how, how have you seen in your three mentees, the relationship you have with them? What are the kind of questions or concerns that come up and how do you navigate them?
1: Well, first off, every vet is unique. Uh, so the way I worked with my first vet is different than the second vet and certainly different than the third vet that I've got right now. Uh, you know, you have to sort of read all of them, and it's a matter, uh, and I feel strong about this, you know, we talk about confidentiality. It's really trust. Uh, the confidentiality is how we develop the trust, but it's the trust that's the goal of him feeling comfortable to call me, and that's, that is a requirement that I've imposed on them, is I'm not gonna call you, you call me. I'm available. Uh, my right. phone's on 24-7, the other ROE is, this is when I like my time, this is your time, and let's respect each other's time, but more importantly, if it's important, if it's a 911 call, call me 24-7. So it's all part of this developing trust, which is not the throw of a switch. It doesn't happen overnight. And it just goes back to the technique of active listening and then responding to that, using your own life experiences and capitalizing on those to work with him. We never want to impose our beliefs and values on them. They may listen to them, they may ask about them, they may learn from them, but it's
0: not our goal to impose on them. Gotcha. So how then do you balance, if a veteran's coming to you and you immediately know the solution, you already know what they need to do, how do you kind of balance maybe knowing the answer with allowing them to figure it out themselves? Well, it's not really balancing.
1: I may know the solution, but I'm not going to tell them what it is. I want him, so we work on, I call it critical thinking, We work on this process together. I may answer a question with a question to keep going down this path of him reaching his own solution. He comes to a bad place, I may say, "Eh, let's keep talking about it uh, and let him try to get to a good place. But if he gets to a good place, he reaches a decision or solution. It's now his solution, not mine.
0: That's it. We always say with our veterans, just as we cannot claim their successes or victories, so too we can't claim any challenges or shortcomings they have. Right. It is truly the veterans that have the onus of responsibility. The mentor is there to support them, they're the battle buddy. We have this entire team. Everyone's there, but at the end of the day, it's the veteran. They're the ones making the steps. Our goal, my
1: goal, which I learned from you and others in the court, is. When they graduate, they need to stand on their own two feet, deal with their own unique challenges that they're going to have to face, uh, like all of us do every day, and come up with their own solutions to be, you know, healthy and fully integrated back into their community
0: on their own, on their own. So what what have been the biggest challenges for you as a mentor?
1: Uh Listening, uh, <laughs> active listening uh, is a purposeful act. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, you know, uh, empathy, I learned very quickly uh, is not that hard. i can I can be empathetic to their their challenges because I've seen it uh, seen what they faced when they were active duty. Uh, and know that the transition for them uh, was difficult. They got them to where they are right now. Uh, I think the difficult part is exactly what you brought up, and I have to remind other mentors of this, make it their solution, not our solution. Uh, by the way, uh, a cat can be skinned any number of ways. Mm. You know, So uh, if he comes up with a good solution, it's going to be easier for that vet to implement that solution than me saying, go do this.
0: So that's supporting a veteran's autonomy, their self-determination to really make these decisions themselves. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, you are on a board called the Veterans Treatment Court Foundation. Talk to us about this nonprofit and what's its purpose.
1: Well, it is a nonprofit, and if I had to, in a very short elevator speech, say what its purpose is— it's to support the veterans who are in the court, plain and simple. It's not actually to support the court. It's to support the veterans. Uh, so we go about, uh, you know, uh, submitting grants uh, and getting money that way, donations, fundraisers, to be able to uh, address the needs of veterans as they come along. It may be emergency housing that they need. It may be medical depending on what their discharge was like from the military. It's dental, uh, and it may be, in fact, a lot of it is just supplying them with transportation to get to their VTC-required appointments, whether it's at the VA, whether it's getting to the court, whether it's to one of their therapy sessions. We help support the veterans in ensuring that all of their needs are addressed, and that requires, a lot of times, finances to do that.
0: And so that's little things like transportation are helping the veterans succeed in the veterans' court.
1: Well, yes, very much so in the sense that uh, I think you were the one that shared with me that if these guys spend four hours a day, you know, going from point A to point B and back again, then that takes up a lot of time that they could be using for productive means otherwise.
0: Right. Yeah, public transportation will add those four hours. We have veterans in rural areas all across uh, Buncombe County, which is pretty spread out. And we've got a uh,
1: a VTC graduate that uh, we have basically on contract to, uh, to help us with that. He's a peer support professional. And he gets along very, very well with all of our veterans, and he, Daniel Conway, which uh, you've probably heard on this uh, podcast. Episode four. (laughs) Daniel uh, has been a godsend to us to help uh, with the transportation of veterans.
0: He has. So the foundation then is able to step in, kind of these cracks in the system, anything, and really lift up a veteran, but also the veteran's family, correct? We support
1: veterans families. And uh, in fact, most recently, uh, one of the vets has a three-year-old child that needed some oral surgery, didn't have the uh, resources to do that, came to us. And of course, the first thing we always say is, yes, now give me the details of what you want, and we'll take care of it if we can afford it. So that's what we're doing.
0: And that was supported because this was a big stressor in this veteran's life
1: it was a huge stressor in his life you know two kids uh, and a wife a job and the vtc uh it's a lot to pile on a guy all at once and uh you know we wanted to do our part to take some of that stress off and support uh, the, the medical requirement that he had for his child
0: so how can someone who is listening support the foundation what can they do
1: well, if you go to our uh, Veterans Treatment Court of Western North Carolina Foundation website, you can actually go there and hit the donate button, and that's how you're going to help us. Perfect. And so. all of our monies, uh, we have very, very little admin cost. Everything goes uh,
0: directly to support the veterans in their uh, journey through the VTC. So, definitely inviting everyone out there to support the foundation. It's a great cause. Um, and I love it too. this partnership. This isn't something that VTCs across the U S do. In fact, I was invited to speak with NADCP about this very thing, creating a nonprofit to support your veterans court. And people had a lot of questions. How can you balance that kind of that separation of a government job and then have a nonprofit, right? Don't they blend together and, One thing that was fascinating is uh, John Mason, give him lots of credit. He helped start the nonprofit. He met with the uh, Brownie Newman, the commissioner, the chair, and really went over the legalities of how can we have this balance where it's a government-run program, the Veterans Court, and then you have the nonprofit, which is really filling these gaps. And it did. It took – it was – creating a path that did not exist before, wouldn't you say?
1: I I would agree. In fact, uh, you know, I'll say right now that uh, we're signing a contract as we speak with Dogwood Health Trust, who's awarded us a rather large grant to increase our capacity and increase our uh, chances of winning more grants so that we can do even more for the veterans. And even uh, as our title says, Veterans Treatment Court of Western North Carolina, You know, we've been out to Madison County, Henderson County. Uh, Our job is not only to support these uh, veterans that are currently going through the journey, but to increase the span of veterans treatment courts across North Carolina.
0: So really, hopefully getting all 100 counties supported with the VTC. All right. Well, Captain, as we're kind of rounding out our time here, wanted to ask you, What do you envision for both uh, the mentor program and for the nonprofit? Uh, If you could have any dream, right? It's coming true, saying your five-year plan. What do you envision for the mentor court and for the foundation?
1: Well, for the the court itself is that we have volunteer mentors available to us and waiting for the mentors to come in through the door. We never want to be the, the long pole in the tent and uh, reducing the risk where we can for these veterans going through their journey. So getting uh, mentors uh, recruited into the court and ready to go, feeling comfortable with their endeavor would be number one. And number two for the uh, foundation, clearly, uh, as I mentioned earlier, when you or anybody else associated with the court comes in and says, hey, we have a veteran with a need, can you help? can you help? The answer is going to be yes. Now, what is it you need help with?
0: That's where I'd like to get us. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much, Bob. Those are wonderful goals. Thanks and for having me. thank you everyone for listening. Again, you can support the veterans treatment court foundation, uh, go online and donate. And thank you to everyone who's been supporting us. This is episode five of the VTC podcast. So stay tuned next week where we continue our conversations and hear more about the voices of recovery. This is a VTC podcast signing off.